Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Well, all righty, another day, another sleigh, and we're back with another Let's Go There with show. Uh, Shira, hi. Yeah. Hi. How's it going? I'm coming to you on Zoom. Uh, we are back. I have been sick, but I am back working. Just an update. I feel like this is the last update I'm giving you over that, by the way. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. I had a crazy morning. I don't know what planet is in retrograde, but all I know is I'm getting my behind kicked. What happened? Okay, so let me tell you about this crazy morning that I had. So um, I woke up to finding out that my parking garage was flooded. Literally, I went swimming like I was in Finding Nemo. Um, It was one of those things where four hydrogens uh, broke or like, I don't know what hydrants do, but they like all the water came out and four of them came out on my street. Um, oh and literally only two apartments were affected by this. It was mine and the one next door to me out of all oh. of the apartments. I live on a street full of apartments and no other apartments dealt with things except for our two. And when I tell you cars were covered with water. Wow. Like it was wild. I, I thought wild. that it was because of a storm. And then you said it was because of that because a lot of people have been losing their power. Yeah, it's so strange. Um, I I don't know what's been going on, but I tried to figure out if Mercury was in retrograde. Apparently, Venus is in retrograde. There you go. There's an excuse for everything. And she's even worse. Venus is over here just awful. But um, anyway, we have a tons more show coming up. I'm very, very excited that uh, we're honestly getting ready for the holidays. We got to be thinking about that. Are you excited about the holidays this season? Because I know your last holiday was you caught COVID. (laughs) Oh, like Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be pretty low key because of everything that just happened. And so it is kind of weird. I was hoping that I would, you know, go on vacation or do something fun like that. But after going out of town and getting COVID, uh, me and my partner are just, you know, staying at home and chilling and just, you know, focusing on our health. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. I'm still trying to figure out if I'm going home or not. I think I'll be keeping it chill as well. But I guess let's just dive into the show. Let's get ready. Let's do it. So coming up on today's show. I mean, most definitely a lot is happening. Coming up on today's show, we're talking Omicron, inflation, and the gift of being single for the holidays. Um, But first, uh, what's coming up on Top of the Hour News? Okay, happening right now, uh, President Biden praised communities for supporting each other following deadly tornadoes in Kentucky. The most impressive thing you've seen, I meant in terms of, I started off thinking in damage. And they said, the way you all come together, the way people just come out of nowhere to help as a community. And uh, that's what we're supposed to be doing. That's, uh, that's, that's what America's supposed to be. There's no uh, red tornadoes or blue tornadoes no red states or blue states when this stuff starts to happen and uh 
I think, uh, at least in my experience, uh, it either brings people together or really knocks them apart. Now, moving you together here. Anyway, it's very heartbreaking, everything that's happening. Over the weekend, Biden signed a federal emergency disaster declaration for multiple counties. There are 12 children among 74 killed in the deadly storm. Now, moving on to Mark Meadows. Uh, He's the guy in the spotlight. This week, the U.S. House voted Tuesday to recommend criminal charges against the former White House chief of staff over his failure to fully cooperate with its committee investigating the January 6th Capitol riot. The committee subpoenaed Meadows in late September, ordering him to hand over a large number of records from around the time of the Capitol riot. And he did cooperate. As we know, he turned in thousands of text messages and emails, but he did announce last week that he was done being helpful. So, Sheer, I'm going to do this next one because we're having some tech issues over here on this side. So I'm going to do this last um, headline while we figure that out here in the studio. So Omicron appears to cause less severe illness than earlier variants of the coronavirus, but is more resistant to the two-dose Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine widely used in South Africa, according to a major private study of the variant. The study by Discovery Health... uh, South Africa's largest health insurer show that risk of hospital emissions among adults who developed COVID-19 was 29% lower than in the initial pandemic wave that emerged in March 2020. We'll have more about Omicron and how serious we should be taking it and how to prepare yourself for the holidays coming up later this hour, actually literally coming up next, so stick around for that. Right now, we're going to need to the T-Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. Play me something cute as she gets that together. (laughs) Now, if you're wondering if Kim K is thinking about getting back together with Kanye, listen up. It is time for the T-Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. Kim K made it very clear in New Legal Docs that there's no way to fix her marriage to Kanye. TMZ broke the story. Um, Kim filed docs last Friday to restore her marital status to single, leaving property settlements and custody issues for another day in the future. Um, They also got supporting docs that Kim filed in her declaration. She says no counseling or reconciliation effort will be of any value at this time. She also says that there are uh, (laughs) There are just differences that have existed and continue to exist between Kanye and me, which have caused our marriage to just break down completely. Kim then goes on to say that she wanted to end the marriage for a while, but Kanye wasn't having it. Uh, She says, I have been attempting to settle our dissolution with Kanye since I filed for divorce in February 2021. I have requested several times that Kanye agree and terminate our marital status. He has not responded to my request. So he's like holding her hostage, which is wild and crazy. Horrible. Yeah. It's unfortunate, really, but it's not surprising. Yeah, it's really, it's really not surprising, but it's absolutely awful because he he keeps doing these concerts. Um, He keeps doing these concerts and literally he's just, (laughs) he's like singing, come back to me, come back to me. It's like, what are you trying to do? Like peer pressure her into staying into a marriage, you weirdo? Like get over it. it, it, Yeah, there there is a fine line like of pushing for something to happen and then when it's just not going to happen anymore. Yeah, I know. Well, um, that is your tea report. We have more stories and top of the hour news coming up every hour on the hour. So get ready ready for that but coming up next the show is getting started darling the future of omicron uh, the variant and what the rep- repercussions could be honestly especially around the holidays get ready for that because it's going to get interesting 
Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Top federal health officials warned in a briefing Tuesday morning that the Omicron variant is rapidly spreading in the United States and could peak in a massive wave of infections as soon as January. How should we be preparing for this? Joining us for this conversation is our favorite doc, Dr. Amesh Adalja, who is an infectious disease doctor working on pandemic policy, emerging infections, and preventing bioterror. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So is this really new news? Were health officials kind of already predicting that there was going to be another wave of this? Well, I think we knew that we were going to see an acceleration of cases as we got into the winter months. The Omicron variant is going to be part of that wave. And and because it's such a rapidly spreading version of the virus, it's likely going to displace Delta and probably cause infections at a faster pace than Delta would have during this period. Yeah, but how serious is it compared to the original or to Delta? So in, in terms of severity, there are some indications from South Africa that it may be a little bit less severe in terms of hospitalization and ICU utilization or need, need for oxygen. But it may not make that much of a difference if it spreads fast and it's more contagious because we've got a swath of about 60 million people in the United States that are not vaccinated that are going to be kind of kindling for Omicron as they are, as they've been kindling for, for Delta. And it just may be that the, it moves through them very fast and it could become a problem for hospitals in certain areas where there are large pockets of unvaccinated individuals. For the other person, for the people that are vaccinated, it's likely going to be a, a mild breakthrough infection uh, that you get with it. It's not going to land you in the hospital if you're fully vaccinated. Mm-hmm. It's that the unvaccinated that make Omicron's power uh, much bigger than it would be if we were a more vaccinated country. Okay, so how are we determining if people actually have the Omicron variant when they test positive? Well, some of the samples are then sent for sequencing. So if you get a PCR test, a percentage of those get sent to state health labs, to certain places where they will sequence it to look and see which version of the virus it is. And the CDC does that and tracks that. And right now, about 3% of samples that are being sequenced are the Omicron variant. That's likely an underestimate because we don't test everybody um, we don't, and we, do not enough, we don't do enough sequencing. So it's, it's still not the dominant variant in the United States. Delta is still what's infecting people for the most part, what's killing people, and what's crushing hospitals in certain parts of the country. Yeah. So with that said, um, should we just all get the boosters? Like, how do we protect ourselves from this right now? The way you prepare for Omicron is the way you prepare for Delta. So it's all the same things. And the the biggest thing is to get vaccinated. And if you're in a high risk group, I think boosters should be should be part of that. So if you're above 65 high risk conditions, they all should get boosted today. The, The government is advocating boosters for everybody. I think there's still a debate over what that will do, because what we're seeing from Pfizer is, yes, Omicron is going to cause breakthrough infections at a higher rate, but the two-dose regimen protects you from serious disease, hospitalization, and death. And that's the goal that we've all been trying to achieve. So I think the, the biggest way to protect our country against Omicron is to get first and second doses into those people who are not vaccinated so that they become low risk for hospitalization, mm-hmm. because that's what we're worrying about in the end. You have to expect the cases are going to go up when Omicron comes, but the key is keeping those cases out of the hospital. And the way to do that is with vaccination. I would actually love to know from your perspective, and this just kind of came to me, like, are there any, you know, past mistakes that we've made that we should be aware of to not make again or repeat as we continue to 
you kind of navigate this new variant? Most of the pandemic response has been one mistake after another mistake after another mistake, starting back in January of 2022, 2020. And they'll probably continue into 2022. I mean, I think the biggest thing to, to the, the mistake that's the, the, the one that comes to mind is just the way that we do public health communication, because it kind of moves between kind of false alternatives of not being worried about something and being panicked about something. And I think we've got to give people actionable public health advice and allow people to learn how to risk calculate. And I think that's been the mistake that we've not been able to really teach people how to live in a world in which COVID-19 is going to be an ever present threat and that they're going to be new variants. I think that's the mistake that we can't continue to have to, 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 to make because yeah this isn't going anywhere yeah i love what you just said risk calculate uh you're very practical about this which is why we love having you on <laughs> so as people do prepare for the holidays what should everyone be keeping in mind if you're fully vaccinated i wouldn't worry so much because you're going to be protected from severe disease but if you're unvaccinated you should get vaccinated and if you're going to be having a gathering where there's going to be you know, several unvaccinated people there. I think it's important to use rapid tests to, to make sure that the unvaccinated individuals aren't going to spread this amongst themselves and disrupt your, your holiday. So I think it's really basically the same as, a, as it would be for any type of gathering. Yeah. The unvaccinated pose the biggest risk and we've got tools. Uh, we're not helpless. So getting that people vaccinated, rapid tests, that can make your yeah. holiday gathering safer. And, uh- yeah, rapid test for everyone because yeah. uh, I got it when everyone was vaccinated. So they should it be doesn't free. Stop that. Yeah. Well, Dr. Amesh, we really uh, thank you so much for joining us as always, and and we love your practical perspective. Thanks for having me. Okay, so coming up next, uh, we're going to continue this show because let's talk about inflation. Why is it so high, and how long is this damn thing going to last? That's coming up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. It doesn't seem like inflation is going anywhere anytime soon. So why does it feel like it's climbing and how long is this actually going to last? Joining us for this conversation is Bill Hawk, Associate Professor of Economics at the University of South Carolina. Welcome to the show, Bill. Thank you very much for having me. Great to be here. Yeah, so you wrote an article on theconversation.com about this, and we really love that site, and we loved your article. Can you break down why we're in this specific moment of high inflation? Sure. I mean, there's basically two reasons, supply and demand. On the demand side, uh, consumers are spending a lot of money. Part of it's because, you know, they spent a good chunk of the last year, year and a half or so, cooped up at home watching Netflix and so forth. And now, you know, they're feeling a little bit more confident. They're going out, they're spending more money. And part of that's fueled by the fact that, uh, you know, some of the government stimulus checks and other uh, programs that have been getting money out there into the economy, well, that's increased uh, uh, the ability of uh, consumers to spend money. So that's good for consumers, but it does push up prices a little bit. Um on the other hand, you've got uh, supply chain issues. So you've seen uh, things like, uh, you know, outside the port of Los Angeles, uh, container ships backing up because uh, there's, you know, just uh, bottlenecks getting uh, uh, ships in and uh, offloaded. Uh, there are labor shortages in some areas of the economy because workers are a little bit slow to come back to work. Uh, so uh, between, you know, supply chain issues and consumer spending, uh all of that is driving prices up. Yeah. How long could this last, though? 
That's a good question. And, you know, I don't think we have a great answer. Um, I mean, some of the supply chain issues we've been told uh, could last, you know, several months into the future. Uh, the consumer spending end of it is a, is a tougher question to say. Um, a lot depends a little bit on how some of the, say, Build Back Better uh, stuff gets passed um, and whether or not that's going to keep consumer spending up. Uh, but, you know, I think it's something we could be seeing for, you know, the next year or so, just uh, uh, prices rising a little bit faster than we've been used to them. Yeah, and you actually kind of wrote in your article talking about uh, inflation isn't always bad news. Why is that? Why isn't it? Because it sounds bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's and I, I don't want to say, you know, it's necessarily good. I would say that um it could be good uh, relative to some other situations because, you know, like I said, uh, part of what's driving it is consumers are out there spending money. And, you know, that's good. Uh, that's good for the economy. Um, it would be a, a lot worse if, say, we were in a, a big recession and nobody had any money to spend. That would keep prices down, but it uh, it wouldn't necessarily be good for the economy. Um, and, uh, you know, if uh, if you get into a situation where uh, you have low or perhaps even negative inflation, that makes it harder for people to say pay back loans and stuff like that. Um, now, I mean, the thing that's kind of bad about, I mean, the thing that is definitely bad about inflation is that as prices are going up, some workers' wages are going up, but not all of them. And, you know, on average, there's a lot of people who are, are seeing they're, they're on like a, a fixed uh, salary or something like that or wages. They're seeing their buying power erode. So, you know, that does make things difficult for them, certainly. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of a mixed bag. I think, you know, uh, inflation is where consumers are spending a lot of money. It's better than a recession, but it does cause problems. Well, all right. I guess uh, we aren't going to be getting rid of inflation anytime soon, but okay. It, it's fine. Thank you so much, Bill Hawk, for joining us. We really appreciate you for this conversation. Very happy to help. Have a good afternoon. You too. Now, moving on, what happens to your iCloud after you die? Well, Apple seems to have a solution. Oh, God, this is a little creepy and dark. That's coming up next. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Apple has unveiled a new legacy contact feature, which enables users to hand over control of their iCloud accounts to a loved one after they die. Now, producer Vanessa was just really fascinated by this because she's like, well, if I die, who do I give everything to? And my thing is, iCloud is where you like store all your nudes and all your good stuff. And so it's like, you have to be very strategic about this year. Have you thought about this? Yeah. It, well, not until this came up, uh, you know. And the thing is, even if I gave access to my partner, like, God forbid, what if you end up having a breakup or yeah. anything like that? And then they have well, you're having like your the stuff. Ul- you're like having the ultimate breakup because you're dead. It's like a prenup, right? <laughs> no way. But, I, you know, that's where, yeah, like, and, and you're assuming that you're still going to be connected to this person when you're past, right? Yeah. And then what if like, what if you decide that this is the person you forget about it and then you do die and in like 20 years out of nowhere, you get a message, Ryan, like Shira's iCloud account, as you now have access to it. You're like, I haven't seen Shira in years. Okay, so let's talk about the pros and cons with this, right? Because I think the yeah. pros here are, you give somebody this account, they will be able to get contact to your your actual contacts to let people, the right people know if they don't have the right, you know, the emergency, emergency contact numbers, Right. Like, that's good. Like any information in there that they need to kind of help move your process um, and make your process smoother. That's good. But like the cons are really even if you do give someone access to it like now and then later down the line, y'all are not to together our friends anymore. My thing is, you can just change that. Just change your password. It's like that's not really like that big of a deal. Well, right? No, my hope is that that person would re- reach out to relatives saying like, you know, th- I was the legacy contact. I don't really feel comfortable uh, being that person because I know we haven't been in touch for a long time. Is there someone else? But yeah, no. and then it just becomes weird. I do Swap like the fact your legacy that- contacts. Don't what? Keep, if we are not friends anymore or we're not together, do not keep me as your legacy content. That is weird. What if you just forget? I mean, now it's becoming a thing like vying to be the legacy contact. I wonder if people are going to be like, you know, it's going to be a competition amongst friends or, you know, loved ones where it's like, who's your legacy contact? Are you my legacy contact? Like, I'm going to fight for that. Like, am am I your legacy contact? 
I'm debating. I mean, it's oh, it needs to be it someone who has access to an Apple. Did you say you your know, iPhone? Did you just say you're debating if I'm your? I don't know. Content? I was thinking about my mom, but I don't know wow. if my my mom would be able to handle. If you've been wondering if the state of our relationship has been rocky, this proves it right here because I'm not uh, her legacy contact. Oh come on. <laughs> I would make my partner my legacy contact, but yeah, once again, Rude. I, 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 he doesn't. He is not an Apple user. He he's an Android. Oh my god! Well, let us know. You can actually get this process started at the website digital-legacy.apple.com. You literally can just do it. It takes up to two weeks to um, get all that together. Apparently, according to this information, I am so distraught that she does not want me to be her legacy contact. Okay. Anyway, we're going to talk about this in the break, Miss. <laughs> Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. One writer on queer on a queer website, extramagazine.com, is posing the question, what does it mean to be a dad as a trans person? Well, Jude Ellis S. Doyle is joining us to reflect on his story and how we should all re-examine how we view fatherhood. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, so let's start off with this, because I think this is when I was reading your article, I, I could see that you were processing your own experience and processing like maybe some of your misconceptions about being a parent and, and what your your kid, you know, had to call you. Can you can you talk about that and how you were navigating this during the process of you writing your article? Absolutely. I mean, when I think about being a parent, a parent, that's a verb, right? That's something you do. That's just about being open and caring and helping a little person who doesn't yet understand the world or their own emotions sort of navigate, helping someone else regulate and live the happiest life possible. That is intuitive to me. Being a dad is less intuitive to me just because my own models are not good ones. I had uh, my biological father who was a very wageful, violent guy with a lot of toxic masculinity to, <laughs> I, I don't even want to say unpack. I don't think he's ever unpacked it. I think that's yeah. just his idea of being a man. And I had, you know, some stepfathers who just, they were not very involved in my life at all. My mom kind of did all the parenting and research shows us that that's kind of the way it is in most houses, especially in straight couples. It's, it's women who kind of do 100% of the child rearing for me. Yeah. I mean, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm gay. I'm with a guy. <laughs> we have a, we have a four year old and we've had to rewrite that. We've had to both find ways to lean into being a dad that, um, that don't, you know, nobody can be distant. Nobody can be a drinker. Nobody can be like hiding out in the garage, drinking a beer while the other person does all the parenting. And hopefully we're both kind and loving parents and not jerks. Those masculine models that we've been served don't really work for us, you know. So with that said, what does being a dad mean to you right now? Right now, I mean, I'm actually, it gives me, I never thought it would. This was the part that I really went into with a lot of apprehension because I thought, you know, the, the word dad would, would fit me into a box that, that didn't feel right for me. You know, that, that I would have to be a very sort of traditional guy to think of myself as a dad, and I'm not. Uh, but it, I have grown into a really settled, deep place, understanding that 
I have the capacity to nurture. I have the capacity to be there for my kid, who so far identifies pretty solidly as a girl. Um, and I have the capacity to show her something I didn't get to see growing up, which is that, you know, men can be there for you, too. Fathers can be there for you, too. Fathers can be safe people. Yeah. They can be emotionally open and nurturing people. They can be emotionally accessible. They can be involved in just the day-to-day work of making sure that, you know, that she has her lunchbox packed in the morning and all of her shots. <laughs> Not yeah. a dog, but she does have to get shots. <laughs> but, like, you know... <laughs> You know, just that I I think that by being willing to, to lean into that, transitioning has made me a much healthier, more stable, more mature person. You know, it's like you have to reparent yourself almost. You're taking yourself through another childhood and another young adulthood, and you come out of it much more grown up than you were. And I think that that has given me a gift and that I'm able to connect with her a lot more closely than I ever really even could before my transition. Yeah. And I think that's why your article is so important because instead of talking about, you know, the trans masculinity of it all, or just masculinity in general, it it, it feels like you were really wanting to, to people to take away we should be having the type of father, uh, the type of conversation of what type of fathers trans masculine people could be and should be. Could you elaborate a little bit more on that and in, in, in your discovery of what that looked like for you? I was able to talk to some really great people uh, for this piece. One of them is S. Bear Bergman, and I didn't use every single quote from him. But, you know, as he says, a dad is a dad. You know, there's there's no guarantee that being a trans guy is necessarily going to make you a more involved or empathetic parent, right? Like we can't, you know, we're not special. That sort of tokenizes us in its, in its own way. But when you are stepping into masculinity consciously and with intent, when you have to go through this sort of intense self-scrutiny that I think a lot of trans people do, where definitely there were like days early on where I was examining every single trait in my life to see like, what gender does this, person seem to be, you know, like you're thinking about your gender all the time and that allows you room to really examine the masculine stereotypes that you've been brought up with and whether or not you think they work for you, whether or not you think they serve you. In my case, uh, knowing that I was going to transition made it a lot more urgent for me to deal with my anger, which I know it happens a lot for a lot of guys where like you grow up an angry person and you transition and you're just like, oh, I don't want to be... I don't want to be this mad anymore. I don't want to be the toxic guy who like tries to prove he's a guy by getting into fights. It's yeah. opened up room for me to really think about how masculinity has room for protectiveness, for tenderness, for gentleness, yeah. for nurturing and how that at its best is, is one of the things that masculinity can provide. Mm. What do you want um, people, whether it be in the community or outside the community, to take away from your story? I think the thing is that the scripts were handed down, the heteronormative scripts were handed down for parenting. They really don't work for anybody. They don't work for cis guys either who are like really not connecting with their kids, who don't, you know, who aren't learning 
the skills they would need to be present and in their kids' lives because they think that it would make them seem girly or gay. They're definitely not working for straight and cis women who are disproportionately overwhelmed with the very hard work of caring for a young child and are not getting much support at all. Um, Nobody is getting a perfect script of what it means to be a parent anymore. And I think one thing that's really beautiful about having to go through that intense soul-searching work of figuring out your gender and what you need from your body and and your life is that it allows you to look at every script you inherit and see what's not going to work and what might work. You need to rewrite your idea of a dad. It can't just be what you got. Even if you got a good one, I bet there's room for improvement. A lot of us didn't get good ones. Oh, um. woo. I mean, honestly, there, there was a part of this conversation um, because I lost my dad recently back in May and I was just like oh, a little okay. triggered by it. And I was like, oh my God, but you're so right about this idea. And even me working through that grief is like coming to terms with everyone is really just trying to do their best. But if only yeah. that we had the resources and the tools and reevaluated what fatherhood looks like, it could have been so different for so many different people, you know? And, and I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your story everyone please go to extramagazine.com to check out what does it mean to be a dad anyway by the one and only jude ellis s doyle thank you so much for being here thank you so much for having me all right coming up next we're switching gears here because i have to argue with shira about does elon musk deserve the time person of the year oh my god here we go old man winter here if i had it my way it would stay winter all year long short days wind chill black ice and a good polar vortex oh heaven wait is it getting warm in here your cold snap is over old man winter spring has arrived spring spring is here which means it's the perfect time to get away in the hyundai you've always wanted visit the hyundai getaway sales event where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning hyundai models like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, you are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Time Magazine has given it, it um, Elon Musk his, its top honor of Time's 2021 Person of the Year. The internet, however, thinks he does not deserve it, um, but they honored him because of his bold vision for the future. But is it the future we need? Let's talk about it. Shira, do you think Elon Musk deserves this honor? So here's the thing. Uh, You can't debate how pivotal he has been, whether it be to the electric car industry, that innovation with Tesla, SpaceX, privatizing space exploration. Uh, I mean, I, I do believe he deserves this type of honor. The thing is, is out of everyone this year, is he the person we really want to highlight? Right. And that's the thing. I think a lot of people felt just like last year when they um, gave it to Joe and Kamala, President Biden and VP Kamala Harris. um, A lot of people thought they should have given it to frontline workers. Similarly, I think this year, you know, giving it to like teachers or something that would be it'd be nice. Uh, That said, Elon Musk did really um, create a huge change and shift and also Mm. garners huge attention So you can't debate that in terms of his influence in 2021. Well, actually, you can debate it because um, like um, there's obviously the profile of him and the Time magazine wrote, of course, talked about his accomplishment. But they also outlined some of the challenges that him and his company have faced over the year, um, including the lawsuits alleging a deep culture of racism at Tesla, reports of burnout culture at SpaceX and growing scrutiny of autopilots, you know, that is happening with Tesla, just to kind of name a few. And so for me, I think. Yeah, he's able to do those things because of the power and the wealth that he owns. That does not mean he necessarily deserves it. And if he is doing this off of the backs of creating cultures, off of burning people out, off of doing all these other things when there's so much going on in this world... I don't think he's necessarily the person that needs to be highlighted, right? Just because Elon Musk can say something about an NFT, why do why have we deemed his voice so valuable that it can't be shifted or questioned? And in my opinion, giving someone like this as the time person of the year, especially when last year it went to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, when really, if you look at that, that was kind of a snub of the healthcare workers who have spent the last two years kind of protecting the U.S. It feels like we continue to put people into this position of, oh, they deserve this because of who they are. But really, when you deep dive into it and a lot of the stuff that he's created in alone that they've highlighted in their write-up of this moment to to say this is also what he's going through, that those are really big deals for me. Uh, someone who has lawsuits alleging a deep culture of racism at the company he has and all of this kind of like tech revolution that he's created, but he's also creating a burnout culture there. Those are not people that deserve to be a person of the year. Like, that's just not how that works. You can't just like look at all the good things and overlook the bad things because guess what? That makes the entirety of a person. And there's so many other people, in my opinion, that deserve to have this or deserve to be highlighted Mm -hmm. in ways that not another cisgender white billionaire deserved. Yeah, I mean, you're making some valid points. I think that in looking back at the Times Person of the Year, some of them are people that you're legitimately like, you know that they're changing the world, they're doing a lot of good. With a lot of good does come controversy. Uh, controversy. I mean, we all know that they highlighted Donald Trump in 2016. Um, a lot of the people they have highlighted, it's not like they um, haven't been in, uh, are perfect, right? I think that as it's evolving, though, it is something for time to think about where you're 
showing and highlighting someone that has changed the world for the good um, and that ne- isn't necessarily also problematic. I understand it's like, what- do you what do we do mean that? that he's changing the world for the good? Like he's already he got into it today with um with Elizabeth Warren actually called her Senator Karen because he refuses to want to pay the the taxes that he's supposed to pay as someone who is a part of the one percent of this country. He is complaining about things that is just like a slap in the face. And if a person of the year who's being deemed this is complaining about things that they should do and the fact that it could better the the world and in in out in in better in more ways than just what building a, a drivable car that drives by itself with most of the times autopilots killing folks and then like putting billboards out in space like there's so many other things that I'm sorry Elon Musk yes he's he's accomplished a lot of things but he is just arrogant he's just another person that has has a ton of money and is also just kind of bored with what he wants to do and he needs to fix these things that are happening culture wise at his these companies that he's building instead of worried about being on the cover of time magazine but so i you know i agree he he does have an ego i think he he's just part of the fandom of of the tech world you know it's the same reason why people love steve jobs even though he came with a lot of uh bad stuff uh time hasn't necessarily said these are the nicest best people of the year the most impactful i hate that you're saying that because you're acting like that's what i'm asking for i'm not asking for someone to be nice or kind that's that's the bare minimum that they should be i'm asking for someone to be a person of the year not to have Created who a who deep is your option as we wrap things up? Racism. Who? No, Are you I, I mean, me? I agree. I'm, I, I'm just saying that he's made an impact, and it's like I, I think he should have been maybe on the no. list in terms of technology, maybe not the front cover. Who do you think? should have gotten this. Well, we'll discuss this a little bit later on the show, maybe top of the hour, but right now we're running Bye. out of time because we have more show to get to. Coming up next, how this guy tried to get revenge against his ex, and it's something that we all need to watch out for. Oh, my God. Stick around. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. I don't know. People are getting sneakier and sneakier as um, the time goes by. Like You can't even trust your own partner because this man out in China has been jailed for lifting her, um, basically his sleeping ex-girlfriend's eyelids to unlock her phone so he could steal money from her digital wallet. Shira, what wow. is happening I mean, this is kind of like our worst fear, right? I always think about this facial recognition stuff, like anyone could do something to you. And then as long as your face is there or say your fingerprint, they could do whatever they want with it. Well, first of all, if you still have a phone that uh, requires a fingerprint, then girl, I mean, I don't know if I want to steal. I don't know. Some do. Like. Some do you use the fingerprint? I'm sorry, I need to upgrade your phones because clearly I ain't you. There ain't nothing to steal if you ain't up. <laughs> but no, I think this is like my worst nightmare. And just to, one, it's my worst nightmare for it to do to for it to happen to me. But if I'm being honest, it is kind of like probably like the best thing. I'm not gonna do it to steal anything, but I would probably do it to be like. Let me check and see who was in his text messages. Like I could, I could have saw me. Oh, that's in when my you last, do it for that. I, exactly, I could have saw me in my last relationship doing it for that. Like, if, if only. You know, it's so funny because it has crossed my mind in the past. Like, if you really wanted to look at something, like you could just do that. But then my biggest fear would be that person waking up and then being like, "Are you crazy?" <laughs> and you're like, "Yeah, I am. I am crazy." <laughs> 
Exactly. Yes. The answer is yes. My thing is, what if, um, oh my God, I just lost my train of thought. What if though, what if you're like doing it and then, well, actually, no, I just found, I figured out what I was going to say. My text messages are on my computer. So with Apple products, because this is an iPhone, clearly, I would assume, because um, I'm not sure if you can do this with any other phone like Samsung's or anything. But if this is an iPhone, my phone is connected to my computer. So if you really wanted to look at my stuff, you can just look at my computer and look at my text messages that way. I think there's always a way, right? Um, in the end, if, I feel like if you really want to get to s- someone's stuff, you could figure out how. Mm-hmm. So I think the lesson here is, uh, you know, I guess don't be afraid of like what you have. Like, it, you know, you have to assume that whatever you have taken picture wise or whatever you have can be accessed. I do worry definitely about passwords relating to money or bank accounts or credit cards or crypto NFT accounts. Like it's, it can be difficult to access, but it's also, I feel for someone who's smart, they can figure it out. Girl, take a shot every time Shira brings up crypto or NFTs. It's like her it's like her new favorite hobby. Dad, we were talking about time person of the year, by the way, and I was like, <laughs> what if they gave it to the NFT? It's like, what? It's like literally, you're, it's, it feels like you're someone's dad talking about the latest golfing thing. I don't know. But let us know what your thoughts are at LGT Show Everywhere. Coming up next, we have top of the hour news. A trans boy in Missouri has won his case against his school. Find out more up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Yes, yes, yes. It's another hour of Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan. And Shira is here. I am here and feeling good. That's good. Just wanted to check in real quick. You sound a little stuffed. stuffed I'm, but... I'm alive. I'm alive even though I'm on Zoom. <laughs> I, You know, I'm so thankful for Zoom because honestly, we wouldn't be able to do this if it wasn't. Technology. Elon Musk is really was part of that innovation. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Kidding. So no more cool. Elon Musk dog. Wow. Your obsession with him? Wow. We should question I it. was just playing. Anyway. I knew it would bother you. I knew it would bother you. I, Elon Musk had nothing to do with Zoom, FYI. Coming up, we should... <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I didn't know that, but I, that's great to know that he had nothing to do with Zoom. But coming up during this hour, should we just tell the kids um, the truth about Santa? And uh, I'm also going to get into why I honestly despise Santa. Like I have to, I have to talk about oh, it. It's it's my time to, to to you know disclose my hatred for Santa. <laughs> Plus, Tom Holland is talking about starting a family. Does that mean him and Zendaya have been talking about it? Are they madly in love? Oh, my God. We're diving in to that and more in the T-Report and later this hour. But right now, let's get into uh, what's trending this hour. Okay, yes, let's get into it. A jury on Monday found that a Missouri school district owes more than $4 million in damages for sex discrimination against a trans student. The jury decided that the school district was liable to discrimination after not allowing this male trans student to use the boys' restrooms and locker rooms. This student changed his name in 2010 and had also changed his birth certificate to reflect his gender identity in 2014, according to the suit. And he filed the lawsuit the next year. So congrats to him on winning this lawsuit and jury doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Now, Dr. Fauci is expressing optimism about our current vaccine efficacy against the Omicron variant. Our booster vaccine regimens work against Omicron. At this point, there is no need for a variant-specific booster. And so the message remains clear. 
If you are unvaccinated, get vaccinated. And particularly in the arena of Omicron, if you are fully vaccinated, get your booster shot. Okay. Now, speaking of the vaccine, the Navy has begun kicking out sailors who refuse to get the COVID-19 vaccine, but it won't give them a dishonorable discharge for their decision to ignore a direct order. So overall, 5,731 active duty sailors remain unvaccinated. And at this point, the Navy say they believe most of those will likely continue to refuse the order weeks after the November 28th deadline for full vaccination. Under the Navy's rules, unvaccinated officers and enlisted sailors eligible to retire or leave the service before June 1st, 2022, will be allowed to do so with an honorable discharge. Uh, So that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay, so let's talk about Tom Holland because he is looking forward to the future. It is time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So the Spider-Man No Way Home actor is opening up about what the superhero franchise means to him and what he hopes to do next. So basically, um, No Way Home, which is coming out, I think, this week, is um, third and perhaps the final Spider-Man movie movie that he's going to star in and he finds that bittersweet uh, he said I've loved every minute of it I've been so grateful to Marvel and Sony for giving us the opportunity and keep uh, keeping us on and allowing our characters to progress it's been amazing he then goes on to talk about that he is ready to have a family because you know he is dating his co-star Zendaya and they have just been like all into it and he hopes to turn his attention into his personal life a little bit more he says I've spent the last six years being so focused on my career I want to take a break and focus on starting a family and figuring out what I want to do outside of this world no now seriously I don't know if anyone has caught this but them those two Zendaya, Tom Holland on their press tour has been the best thing ever just to watch because they're flirting. They're being so cute together. They're like, I don't know, finishing each other's sentences. It's like really gross type of relationship stuff. But I'm just obsessed with them. Like, I've never wanted to see a celebrity couple win more than I've like seen them, if I'm being honest. Yeah, they're they're definitely uh, doing it for a lot of us. I, I wish them well. And I'm excited to see what the future holds. Like, I, I don't know if she's going to be into being a mom right away, but it seems like that might be in the future if he's mentioning it. I mean, you never know. I feel like they maybe they've talked about it. He's 25. I believe she's 26. You know, they're young. They're young, yep. but you just never know. These kids be having kids. Young and in love. <laughs> that is your T-Report. We got more coming up next hour. Now, coming up, we are talking about the gift of being single during the holidays. Don't be sad. Get glad, because we all single. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. You know, people with kids around this time of year are really debating if they should tell their young ones. And if you, real quick, if you have kids listening to this right now, thank you. But also, get them out of the room. Get them away. Maybe switch the things. I don't want to ruin. What if you're in the car? Well, throw them out the window. (laughs) I don't want to ruin any child's life right now because we're about to get into some things. Um, 
What is this? Okay. <laughs> so it's talking about Santa. This um this time of year always brings parents to the decision of should we talk about Santa? Should we reveal to our kids that Santa's not real? And <laughs> and you know, how how do we have those tough conversations? You know what's so hilarious to me? It feels like talking about Santa is is uh, is harder than like talking to kids about like or maybe it's it's probably easier talking to kids about sex but unfortunately we don't like to do that mm, in this country i don't know i think that's probably a bit more of an maybe an awkward conversation i mean i think there's some like a fun innocence about kids thinking santa is real uh but at the same time i feel like any kid at this point at a certain age could go on app or google or this or that or like yeah you're hearing a, a radio station or tv and realize the uh, Santa is not. I mean, yeah. when did you discover that? Because obviously I'm Jewish uh, I, and I knew about Santa, but I, I never had this <gasps> thought oh that God. Santa was real. I forgot about that. You didn't sell it like you didn't have Christmas like, you know, other people had Christmas. I know. I, I really missed okay. out. Okay, so let me, let's talk, to, then Then great, another story where we can center my journey. So <laughs> um, at 11, I feel like is when I found out that Santa really wasn't real. I found all the, the, the toys and stuff in my mom's closet that she was hiding, right? And so I think oh. that was kind of the time that I found out. And I used to be the, the kid growing up. I used to bake the cookies. I used to watch the Santa tracker on the local news, like trying That's to figure amazing. out where Santa was. Like I was invested. Like, I, I loved it. Christmas is honestly still one of my favorite, favorite holidays. But now that I am 28 and as I've gotten older, I've always felt it was so creepy. The idea of Santa being this man who breaks into your home via a chimney and being smart enough if your home doesn't have a chimney to still get in. Like he is a mass thief, but also he's like praised because he does leave gifts, but he's a thief in the th the idea of like he eats your cookies when all he has is one no, wait, job. He doesn't, wait. Ryan, he doesn't just eat and steal your cookies. It's because you put them out. It's no, a consensual relationship. Honestly, he's probably a person with, you know, maybe he shouldn't be eating all those cookies anyway. And if he's so you're shaming, them, you're no, no, fat no, no, no. shaming I'm Santa? not fat shaming Santa. I'm not fat shaming. I'm just saying the idea, the amount of cookies that he eats in one night is not healthy for anyone. And I just think if he does, he has one job to do, and that's just leave presents. And then think about it like oh, this. So it's like, this is a bit of a, no, 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 a, a no, no, no. give and take. Not a give and take relationship. No. Like it's well, kind of just for you. Well, no, guess what? It's also a give and take relationship for him because he runs a, a sweatshop with little tiny people making all these toys for him. And what, are they, what do they get? Nothing. They don't get anything in advance. They, get they don't get. They don't get paid. Santa's workshop. No, I mean, that's an honor. I'm sorry, that is not an where, honor. And where else speak, are they supposed to work? The North Pole. They, has first of all, else to go. There's probably plenty of things that they had the decision of choice to do things their damn selves. But instead, Santa has trapped them and and convinced them that making toys for him and tons of other people billions of people around the world is okay. And I just don't think that's fair. I think that's a, a manipulation tool and gaslighting. And if we really want to break it down, Santa is just not my favorite person anymore so, in the ways that he used to be. Okay. All right. Uh, well, this has gone down uh, some sort of rabbit hole. I mean, one, I think that's called <laughs> altruism, Santa and his elves. However, does like what about the fact that, you know, uh, telling your kids about it? Does yeah. this mean that you hate him? And because of what you your argument, does it mean that you you wouldn't necessarily 
um, have Santa in your households when yeah. you have kids. Okay, so I think, let's be honest, if I'm being honest here and I'm thinking about it, I would possibly, and I don't have kids now, so maybe this will change. It, that I don't know if I would ever tell my kids that Santa's real because by the time, like you said, technology advancing, by the time I have kids, they'll be able to find out regardless if they're like, you know, one month or one week. <laughs> Like, they're going to be, like, super... I just find... I think kids are going to be so smart by the time they're fresh out the womb. It's just going to be completely a totally different situation. Um, But you, who knows? I may down the line be like, oh, it's a kid should be able to have that. Maybe let's do, like, a cute little Christmas, you know, situation where Santa's real for this one year until next year. And then I just kind of break the hard news. Yeah, I, you know, I think Christmas. that you kind of need to let it evolve the way it's supposed to evolve. I, I think it's fun to share fairy tales with kids and kind of play play pretend and it's it kind of reminds me of magic like magic isn't real but it's an illusion so like sometimes it's fun to you know continue the privilege illusions. of living an illusion um <laughs> Let us know what your thoughts are about this at LGT Show Everywhere. I don't know. Santa is just a weird guy for me, in all honesty, for being honest. But coming up next, um, we are talking about more, and hopefully we'll get our person on the phone to talk to us about being single for the holidays, because maybe I'm finding out more and more why I'm single for the holidays. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. You know, the holiday season can be a challenging time for singles, and many singles can become anxious, lonely, and some even depressed as they watch their loved ones celebrate with their partners. Um, Wow, that was really dark. Intimacy expert uh. Alana Pratt is here to join us to provide some tips to celebrate being single during the holiday season, along with tools to help you thrive into the new year. Hi, Alana. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, my God. It's so great to be with you. And I got to be honest, when I booked this interview, I was in a relationship and we just broke up. So I'm really speaking oh, from my heart. Oh, I'm so sorry. Single. It's OK. It's OK. This is about being real. Um, it happens to a lot of us. And it's not all bad. We want to honor our hearts, take care of them. But we also want to use it as a time. What if it's a time to fall in love with you? Right. Okay, Alana. So one, I I didn't want to say I'm sorry for your breakup because maybe it was a good thing that you broke up. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> who knows? I don't know your business, but I I do think about um why why does it feel like for the holiday season? Like I, as a single person, I never felt like sadness around it, and so I never really understood the sadness that comes with feeling like oh my god, I wish I was in love this holiday season. You know, I think it's just society in general, and I, I really enjoy your confidence that it didn't ever bother you. I think Our a delusion. Lot of, yeah. Families <laughs> or suppression often, of emotions. Yeah. Families often say, like, so who are you dating or who are you with? And they, and they all often project their own agenda onto you. So sometimes yep. it's just hard going home for the holidays single when everybody's kind of judging you. You know, I must say that it wasn't as much the judgment. It was that when I would go home, the holidays when I was single, all, all my friends were married and had kids and I had no one to hang out with anymore besides my parents. Oh, that, that was kind that of too. depressing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I there's a pro and a con to everything. As you said, maybe it was a good thing that I broke up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a there's there's the negative. Who else am I going to hang out with? But there's the positive. You know, spend some time hanging out with you. And mm-hmm. I find that when we, we slow, we don't slow down really enough. Slow down to really listen to our hearts slow down to really, what do I value? Slow down, what do I really want to create and manifest in 2022? So there's a blessing 
if the only person to hang out with in the holidays, uh, love-wise, is you, yeah. fall in love with you, and maybe even start to have some more pleasure than you normally do, some sensual self-care. Um, there's a lot of delicious things you can do with yourself over the holidays. I love the adjectives you're using. But here's the thing. a lot of, I think for me, the reason why I said that earlier is because this conversation is so nuanced. As queer folks, um, and, and I'm a queer person, oftentimes people don't really, if you don't have a supportive family, you're not getting that opportunity to talk about who you're dating or bringing someone home for the holidays because guess what? That Your family's not accepting that if that's your perspective or your situation. Right. And so oftentimes Mm. you have to kind of adapt to just realizing like, oh, even if I do have someone on the holidays, this is just me and my situation versus, you know, if I don't have someone on the holiday, this is just what it is. And so I think there there's nuance to kind of the looking at it through a single lens altogether. Um, But talk to us a little bit more about that, um, that falling in love with, I guess, yourself in that situation. Yeah. That sounds well, awesome. sound disgusted, Ryan. I know. Falling in love. <laughs> <laughs> I freaking love that you are bringing this up because especially if we are queer or LGBTQ+, plus, <clears throat> our families in general haven't grown up being open to this, curious about this, safe to share about this. So all the more reason to not look from the outside in for our worth. I mean, I don't know about you, but for me growing up, I was, I was wired backwards. I was enough if somebody approved of me. I was enough if someone agreed with me. Like all my worth was backwards. So I really think it's amazing to be able to not put any pressure on our families to make us feel good enough or worthy and to focus on ourselves and our own worthiness and our own authenticity and our own delicious sexual desires and and not need anyone to agree about it, but ourselves. And then to really spend a little more time, maybe being in nature, maybe self-pleasuring, maybe journaling, maybe something spiritual or meditative and really get to know your body, get to know what lights up your heart, what makes you feel safe, heal from any past judgments from others and really just be unabashedly, unapologetically bold with who you are. Even if you just sort of have to zip it around the family, that's okay. Um, This is really an opportunity to feel feelings and to be bold and to create a really delicious relationship with yourself. Intimacy with self allows for intimacy with others. Yeah. Yes. I love all those, the juiciness and all of that. You know, when I look back at the moments that I have felt alone or lonely, including when single, I think that, you know, once I got through a bit of time with it and used it to reflect and process, there was actually a lot of freedom on the other side of that. When I actually had those like aha moments where I'm like, oh, I actually can be alone. Like I can lean into it. Um, And so I guess, what tips do you have for folks um, dealing with this right now and it coming up? Because um, I know I know now there are a few of my friends, not Ryan, that um, are dealing with this. They are single. They recently ended a relationship and it's a really hard time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a difference between being alone and being lonely. Kind of like what I was saying before, how I used to be miswired. I needed another person on the outside in in order to feel good enough. And I was lonely because I wasn't connected to myself. I was seeking connection on the outside. So the, the, the journey we want to go on is, can I be alone but not lonely? 
because I'm connected to myself. I'm connected to my soul. I'm connected to my heart. And that is the brave work that I'm, that I'm speaking of this holiday. So how do we do this? Well, I, I believe there's like a little you. Little you is inside your heart. And little you might feel sad or scared or mad or ashamed or all these different things. And most of the time, I used to just push her away, have another glass of wine and get on Facebook, right? I was ignoring her. I was abandoning her. I was judging her. I was criticizing all of these feelings. So we want to start doing the opposite so that we no longer feel alone. We're always with ourselves and we're always with the universe. We're always with the divine. So as I go inside to little Alana, instead of trying to fix her, put her in a better mood, tell her she has no right to feel this way, I do the opposite. And I say, hey, little Alana, you have every right to feel this way. I'm right here with you. And instead of changing you, I'm going to learn to unconditionally love you, love you without condition, which means even if you're sad, I love you. Tell me more. And you get to know these parts of yourself when you no longer abandon yourself. And even people that complain of like, I always get ghosted. And I'm like, huh, how often do you ghost little you? Well, I always uh, have like emotionally unavailable partners. Are you emotionally available to little you? And it's always across the board, the inside creates the outside. So we want to have um, bravery to feel your feelings in your alone time. And then once you've honored and not tried to change yourself, once you've acknowledged yourself, validated yourself, said, hey, you have every right to feel this way, oh and you get to know yourself, then naturally the juiciness awakens, the aliveness and the celebration yes. awakens. And I, you just start I to mean, really fall in love with yourself. Wow. I, what a mic drop that was. You are the intimacy expert for a reason. And um, <laughs> I'm so happy that you were able to join us for this beautiful conversation. Tell everyone where they can find you super quick. My name, AlanaPratt.com. Thank you. There you go, Alana Pratt, y'all. We got more show coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Don't forget about the little you. <laughs> Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, so let's talk about this hilarious, kind of like low-key cringeworthy uh, Twitter moment that went viral recently. So, you know, while most brides throw a bouquet on their wedding day, this bride was, honey, was ready to throw some bouquet. Oh. (laughs) This bride went viral for literally um, giving her groom a lap dance at the wedding and... Yeah, maybe you're like wondering, oh, it's just a lap dance. That ain't no big deal. Well, this Florida bride is was wearing a completely backless dress, apron style with only like a matching shimmery thong covering her. And let me tell you, this was in front of her guests at their wedding. I mean, also in front of family, I would assume. And her bridesmaids are also twerking. But she's like just basically like half naked twerking. And so people were like, what? What is going on? Do we really think is this? it's a big of a deal? Because this thing got 2.9 million views on Twitter. Oh, I'm sure it did. I mean, it's a good lap dance. I just think <laughs> this is dance. just like taking a bit too far. And I'm not about the shaming, all that. I, I think it's hot. It's fun. Go you. But it's like, like if this was maybe for the after after party, where like a bunch of your friends that were around and you were like, you, you were having fun making a joke. I think for like the main ceremony to go, go out and have like an, like an intense lap dance with your partner that probably you could be doing in private on your yeah. own. It's just, Taking it a bit to the next level, it's it's uncomfortable to watch. And I don't know if that says more about me. Like, 
it just it it's too intimate almost for well, something like I that. I think it can mean two things, right? I'm always looking at this from the two things perspective. I think it can be a little uncomfortable, but then also that's what she wants to do. That's what she want to do, and and she pay okay. for it. They pay for it. She want to you know throw her tail around and and do it in in ways, especially in the middle of a pandemic, that really seems un un, un um. <laughs> Just, Wait, don't we, Ryan, do, don't bring the pandemic argument into this. No, I have to. It has nothing to, to do with yeah, it. Actually, it does because it just seems a little um, gross to be one barefoot and then also throwing your, well, your no, bear no, behind I, everywhere in front. I mean, not uh, only like a few feet away from where the dinner tables are sitting. Like there's food on some of these plates in these videos. And I'm just like, I can't imagine all the, the, the either the COVID particles, the ass cheek particles just being thrown out everywhere and some things yes you're right should not be seen but also maybe they're just a good time people let us know what you, you think. could show a good time without doing that but hey, I mean, it's true, it. but don't be don't be jealous or you know thrown off when I'm twerking at my wedding. Yeah, I mean, oh, okay. if you don't want to see it, then you're just not Wait. invited. There's a difference between twerking and being in a thong, Ryan, at your wedding. <laughs> I what if I want to do that? Exactly. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. And it's time for my favorite time of the show. The Yes Queen. Yes Queen. Okay. Okay. Who is it? All right. It goes to Keishant Sewell, who's going to become the first female police commissioner of the NYPD, the largest police department in the country. I mean, uh, she said. Yes. What? Yes. I mean, she said at a press conference to all the little girls within. The sound of my voice, there is nothing you can't do and no one you can't become. It is said the NYPD is the best of the best. We're about to get even better. Uh, she is 49, the first woman to lead the NYPD in its 176-year history, and she is the department's third black commissioner. I mean, honestly, this is so iconic, and um, she deserves everything. I know she's probably worked very hard for this moment, um, but then also I have conflicting feelings because it is police. But hopefully yes. she comes in and changes the culture and, and, exactly. and really shifts some things. Who knows? We'll see. We will see. Well, congrats to her on that big honor. Keishant Sewell, a name you'll probably hear more about in the future. That's our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. Now, today was a really great show. Don't you think, Shira? Yes, I'm feeling the good vibes, the energy. You know, Love it. I feel the same way. And honey, if you missed anything, guess what? Our show gets turned into a podcast and you can head over to the Odyssey app and just type in Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan because everything you miss is there. I mean, everything we talked about today Literally. is there. Now on the show tomorrow, we're talking about the this new study that shows how COVID has impacted our sex lives. Oh my God, this is the worst. It just gets worse and worse. Um, but up next, Dr. Chris, of course, is talking all about emotional unavailability and honey that's it for the show right yeah we are sending you love and light and honey remember to slay bye y'all why why if you why? have t-mobile 5g home internet you might be hearing this why? a lot why every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours why why because your network gives priority to cell phone users why, why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.